Hello, welcome everyone to the Journey to Success Radio Network. Our purpose on JTS Radio is to interview people who are making a positive difference in the world with transformational businesses, thoughts, ideas, and actions that encourage and inspire. My name is Taylor Tag. I am a forgiveness educator and coach certified by the Midwest Institute for Forgiveness Training and a certified Napoleon Hill Foundation leadership instructor. Find out more about my work and learn how to let go of resentment and pain and suffering in a few easy steps, please visit me at TheEvolvingHeart.com and also read my number one Amazon best-selling book, The Passive Peaceful Heart. Now on to today's success story. My guest today is Chester Goad. Now, Dr. Chester Goad is a university administrator and a learning and leadership fanatic. He volunteers his time advocating for people who learn differently. He's an experienced speaker on parenting, perspective, learning, and leading. He's been quoted in a variety of media outlets, such as CNBC, Yahoo Tech, U.S. News, and more. He's also the author of the number one Amazon best-selling book, Purple People Leader. Today, Chester is joining us on Journey to Success Radio to talk about coaching and leading purple. Chester, welcome to Journey to Success Radio. How are you today? Taylor, thanks so much for having me on the show. Uh, the pleasure is really all mine. Um, I'm, I, I have to say, um, I am really impressed with your work as a forgiveness coach. Uh, I think so many people need to hear that message, and it's very important and valuable. And so, so thank you for that, and thank you for having me on the show. I, I'm doing great. Well, glad that you're here today. This is a, a very special show. Uh, you've done a lot of uh, great, successful things in your career, Chester, and just finished writing a book uh, that's been very successful. So just give the, the listeners a little bit of background about who you are and where you came from and why you're, you're doing what you're doing today. Sure, yeah. Well, uh, you know, I grew up uh, in Tennessee uh, in, in the hills of Appalachia, I guess. And, um, you know, I've had, as you said, you know, I had a lot of unique experiences, but, uh, you know, I've been a, a teacher and a principal, and, um, and then I had an opportunity to work for uh, the U.S. Congress. And, man, I loved that job. It was a lot of fun. But I learned in that job um, the value of understanding where people are coming from and understanding their perspectives. And so, you know, when that job ended and I went back into, you know, regular life, I guess you would say, um, realizing that everybody is bringing their their own opinion to the table, um, it, it really began to give me a perspective. And so this the book that I wrote, Purple People Leader, um, How to Protect Community Release Politics and Lead Everyone, really came out of um, all those experiences combined and realizing the importance of understanding our own bias, which I'm sure you know I'll talk about here in a few minutes. But um, you know, I just, uh, I really just felt like it's kind of one of these things. That I think um, this is my first book that I've written. It's kind of, I've always heard the first book is really um, a lot of times more about you and your experiences and stuff. And and, and it is a sort of a, sort of an autobiography, but also um, it also uh, uh, gives a lot of steps on you know how to um, over overcome you know our own personal biases and protect the unity of your team and release politics and, and lead everybody. And I know it sounds a little ethereal to think about, but it, it's really not that hard when you, when you begin to look at it uh, from the perspective that I try to teach people. So, Well, that's wonderful, and it is a great book, and it has been very successful. Most people's first book are not that not that successful here, but you have a number one Amazon bestseller and have been 
uh, up or near the top of the list for quite a long time now. So uh, people people are reading. That's great. I have, you know, <laughs> I have been really just shocked and 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 I appreciate so much that people are willing to willing to read something. I would have to say, you know, as uh, you know, somebody who grew up in the country and and uh, never really, you know, I, I never really expected to to, uh, to do this sort of thing. And uh, just it's interesting where life takes us. But you know, one day I was I was looking online and realized that my book was uh, number one. Uh, on in its category in Australia, number one in its category in Canada, and I'm like, wow, you know, I really focused a lot on my experiences here in America, and I was just really surprised that, that I guess the message of perspective and leadership and, um, you know, protecting the unity of the team at all costs is maybe something that people can uh, can relate to. So, well, absolutely. Let's let's talk a little bit more about what's in the book, and. As it relates to to teamwork and leadership, I kind of give people a high level look at what they can expect when they when they read uh, the book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, one of the things I wanted to do, um, I, I like um, when people relate their stories. I think um, you know I, this is not textbook written or anything like that. You know, I think, I think people relate more to um, personal stories. And so what I did was um, I took some personal stories and experiences. And I outline, and it's, it's, a, it's an easy read, um, but I provide, um, I've, I've got it separated into three categories, protecting unity, and, uh, and by that I mean, you know, whatever your job, wherever you're leading, whether it's maybe a family, it may be an organization, a nonprofit, it may be, you know, at a school, wherever you are, the most important thing to do is protect the unity of that team. That is what a leader does. And so... You know, in order to do that, sometimes it, it it requires that we release our our personal politics and that we realize um, everybody has uh, perspectives that they bring to the table. And um, and so I separated the book into in, the, in in three sections: protecting unity, releasing politics, and leading everyone. And I've outlined uh, 71 principles. Uh, I call them leadership principles, purple principles, and um, and also, I've added some different practical things that people can do in their offices. I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, when I read something, I like to have some sort of practical takeaway, you know, things I've never really thought about before. And one of the interesting things about it is people, when they read this, they contact me and they're like, it seems so simple, but I've never really thought about it in this way before. You know, we think of leadership, you think of uh, lots of different aspects of leadership, but often we really don't think about the biases and the perspectives that we bring to the table as we lead, you know, and so that's that's really, you know, that's really what it's about is um, is understanding perspectives. Well, that's great, too, and let's talk a little bit more about that, understanding perspectives, and, you know, when we think about leadership, we think about you know, people at the top and getting things done, and then when we think about politics, too, we think about not getting things done or getting things done only when we have to or at the last minute. Sure. So it seems like a it seems like a contradictory viewpoint here. But can you speak to that a little bit about you know how leadership and politics go hand in hand and, and play roles together uh, and, and and are different too? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when we first of all I have to say you know we are all um, a product of our personal history and our background and our culture. Uh, our family raising, <laughs> and then also our personal experiences, and all of that together 
shapes our um, our personal perspective, our personal ideology, our personal politics. And so, you know, uh, one of the things that that has really struck me in the last several years, you know, uh, I, I would say the last, you know, this presidency and the presidency before, is thing, people have gotten so hypersensitive uh, to anything of a political nature. And the smallest things, we think of, you know, politics being this national or this state thing, but politics leaks easily into the office, and, um, and people feel very personal about those kind of things. And so, um, you know, it's understanding that you, you may, let's say, you, you know, you're going and you're presenting a proposal, and um, you're presenting it to someone who really identifies more ideologically conservative. They're going to want to see the numbers. They're going to want to see where you have been fiscally responsible with the proposal that you're giving. And so, you know, you have to understand that the people you're presenting to or the people you're talking to, they're bringing their own perspective, and they have what they're going to be looking for. And when you realize that, it sort of clicks, and you're like, this is what this person needs from me. It's sort of like, I don't know if you've, know if you've ever heard of the, you know, the, that book, um, I think it's maybe Gary Chapman, The Five Love Languages. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, and of course that focuses on, you know, the different types of love and what people need. Everybody has their own love language. Well, when you think about it in terms of our biases and our perspectives, everybody sort of has their own perspective and their own uh, ideology, and with that, they have what they need to hear from you, you know, what information they're going to need in order to be able to connect with you more effectively. And so um, I just find that all fascinating, and, and I feel like it's, in, it's important as leaders for us to understand that side. So, Yeah, too, and I think we can speak to this a little bit more, that, you know, people do have their own ideology of, of you know, what they bring to the table, but I know in leadership, too, the, the greatest leaders you know, know what they bring to the table, but they're focused more on their customer, their employees, their team, and what they can Absolutely. give to the yeah. team. So how, how, how do those work together? Sure. Well, I, you know, I'll just give you a simple example, one that I'm going to give in the book. You know, I talk about, um, you know, let's say that, you know, you're serving a particular individual. Let's say you're in a corporate environment. You're serving particular individuals, and they come in to meet with you in your office. And let's say... You don't necessarily know it, but you have your own particular um, political views, and they have their own, and you don't know where they stand. A lot of times we assume where other people are politically on the spectrum. And so this individual comes to see you, and let's say your office itself, I'm just going to talk as simple as this, your office itself is decked out in, and I'm just going to choose a party, let's say, you know, conservative, and, there's, and you have elephants all over your office, and you have posters up and bumper stickers and, you know, and you know, buttons and things like that, if they see this and they disagree with you um, philosophically, now you may think, okay, that would be pretty small for them just because of the way I've decorated my office, that they, that they disagree with me or, you know, that I would set them off. However, we, um, we work upon a system of trust, especially in business and in work environments. And you have to be able to trust that person. So it may be certainly that that person can trust you, but when they come in your office and they see, um, you know, you have it decked out in, in completely opposing ideology, you know, maybe at no monitor, you're, you know, your own, you're not trying to offend anybody, but they see that, you can immediately build a wall. We are in such hypersensitive times that you could have easily built a wall, and that person, you know, and then they question whether they're going to be able to work effectively with you. They may question whether you're going to be able to honor with their particular perspectives, you know. So uh, that's a very simple perspective, but, you know, 
it can get much deeper than that, but just even on the surface, even, you know, what you wear on your sleeve literally can make a difference. Yeah, and I, that's a really brings a really good question in my mind, and maybe you can answer this from your expert opinion, Chester, is that why, why are we so hypersensitive about how we feel about politics and, and how we how we feel about what we bring to the table? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, you know, really goes back to, you know, that personal history and the background of the culture, our upbringing, you know, those are very personal things, um, you know, and, and today, you know, everything's a hot-button issue, everything, you know, and I personally, you know, I talked about this a little bit in the book as well, I believe that um, media oftentimes, and I'm talking to somebody on a, on a radio show, and I'm going to say media, but, you know, really, I think sometimes media can perpetuate, um, you know, a lot of um, negativity, and, you know, I say, I say in the book, actually, um, that the media really no longer wants our undivided attention. They don't have to work for that. Our divided attention, uh, it proves to be much more lucrative. And if you think about what sells out there, what's selling in the world is these controversial things. You know, and I hear a lot of people, a lot of, even my friends who are in business will say, well, you know, you've got to be controversial or you're not going to be able to sell your product. Well, you know, that, to some extent, I understand you want to tickle people's interests and things like that, but we're to a point now that um, people, it, it, we're setting out purposefully to um, to offend or uh, or to get people riled up in order to get what we what we want. So, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense to me. Is there a tip you can give us on 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 how we can begin to, as as you put it, release our politics? Yeah, yeah. Let me give you a, give you a great example. You know, I talked to somebody about my book and. And they're like, I just think that's impossible. I don't think you can release your politics. And so I'm going to ask you to kind of picture with me. Um, I, I'm standing in front of you, and I have two, um, what do they call it, stress balls, foam stress balls. You know what I'm talking about? All right, sure. So you have, yeah, okay. So one of the stress balls is red, and we're going to say that represents conservatives. The other stress ball is blue, and that represents uh, those who might identify as liberal. And let's say, you know, you choose the one, whichever one, let's say you choose the red one. You're like, okay, I'm pretty much a conservative, and so this is this is where I stand. Well, what most people are doing with their personal beliefs, you know, you, let's say you squeeze that red foam ball just as hard as you can, and you make a fist. So you can't even see the ball, you can see the fist. Most people right now, we talk about people being hypersensitive, most people right now are walking around like that. They have their personal opinions, they have their personal thoughts and their ideology, and they're almost ready to fight about it. It's like people are walking around with fists, you know, ready to, it's like, come on, offend me, or come on, you know, just get me started. And they're just ready to fight <laughs> Exactly. So what I ask people to do is not to completely give up your beliefs at all. You know, I'm not someone who thinks we should be compromising our personal beliefs and things like that. But let's say you hold that fist out and palm up, and you open that fist, that stress ball that red stress ball that represents your ideology and your personal beliefs and your biases is still in your hand, but you don't have a fist. You're not ready to fight about it. You know, you still got it. It's still there. And, you know, it's still yours. And that's that's when I say really politics, that's what I'm talking about. You know, let's let's be a little less tense about it. Let's let's let some things go. Let's you know, and, and let's you, you can still have your beliefs and still be effective. You know, we are we're at a time where we need more leaders who can be effective, purposely effective, instead of 
purposefully ineffective, <laughs> you know. And we're, at, you know, if you, I don't know if you look around at our processes and procedures in our government and everywhere, you know, things are just very difficult and challenging right now, and people don't want to talk to each other. And it's because people are walking around with those ideologies in their hand, and they've got those fists raised. And I'm just asking people to, you know, come on, let's let's relax a little bit, let's release that. So. Yeah, and I, those are some great points and great tips as well. Again, Chester Goat is, is joining us here today on Journey to Success Radio, talking about his number one Amazon best-selling book, uh, "People, People, People, Purple People Leader." Uh, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, it's, you know, tell, tell everybody uh, a little bit about how they can learn more about you. Uh, I know you have a website and, and ways that you can get in contact with you. How can we? Sure. How can we again uh, get the book and, and learn more about you? Okay. Well, the book is available right now on uh, Amazon, and uh, you can go there. It's in Kindle and in paperback. Um, very soon, I think by the end of April, maybe May 1st, uh, the audio version of the book will be out, and you'll be able to get that on Amazon and on iTunes. So, so that's how you can get the book, and it's Purple People Leader. And actually, that purple is an acronym for Protecting Unity, Relief Politics, Lead Everyone. And a lot of people don't realize that. You know, they're like, oh, you got me there. <laughs> but um, it, it is an acronym. So they, people can contact me at uh, on, on Twitter, Seagode09. Um, that's Seagode09. Instagram, they can find me. Facebook. I've got two websites, um, ChesterGode.com. It's a more educational and advocacy website that I have. And then I have PurplePeopleLeader.com, PurplePeopleLeaderBook.com, excuse me. PurplePeopleLeaderBook.com, and uh, you can come there. And uh, that is a leadership-focused website. It has the Leaders Blog and a new series that I'm starting. Um, I've already got the intro version of it up, but I have 90-second leader bites, which are going to be 90-second um, thoughts on leadership, inspiration, and it's going to be a daily thing that I'm doing. So I'm really excited about that, too. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to, to seeing that uh, come out. Let's, let's move on to... Uh, the third component of your book, leading everyone. Now, mm-hmm. what does that what does that mean? And that's a that's a big thing for a lot of people, especially in business, in politics. Mm-hmm. The, the subject of leadership is such a huge uh, thing going on there right now. So, what does it mean to lead everyone? Yeah, I've actually had some uh, some great discussions with people who they tell me when they first when they first meet me, they're like, "Oh, leading everyone. I, I think that's impossible, and I don't think anyone should be trying to lead any everyone." And and so when I break it down and I explain, all of us have people in our sphere of influence, whether it's family, our work, our corporate atmosphere, our church, wherever we are, those are the people that I'm talking about. You know, we are all leaders, no matter, you don't have to have a title to be a leader. You, any, any of us can be leaders, and we should be leaders. You know, I think, I think we're all called with a purpose. You can be a leader in your in your position, um, you know, as an as an administrator or as a teacher or as a secretary or as a custodian. You know, you can lead wherever you are in an organization. So, so that's the first thing. And the second thing is, as a leader, all those people around you are entrusted to you. And it's not, you know, sometimes I, what I tell people, and it kind of takes them back, I think, a little bit, is it's not just the people you like, and it's not just the people. Who like you? <laughs> it's everyone that is in your sphere of influence, you know. And you know, as a leader, we have to understand we're not going to connect with everybody, right? You know, we all know that, and we're not going to want to go go play ball with everybody or go to a movie with everybody. But our job 
is to lead everyone. You know, if you're the leader, if you have taken on that, that title or that position, if you're in such a position, or if you claim to be a leader, whatever position you're in, then that means leading everyone in your sphere of influence. So, Well, excellent. That, that's, those are some great, great points and, and great tips here. Now, tell me a little bit about uh, the feedback you've been getting from the book. What are people saying about it? How has it helped them? What are the benefits they can get uh, from reading it? Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of times people um, don't realize, you know, the the whole this idea of releasing politics uh, that I think is the part that most people have resonated with the most. And um, I'll just tell you one day I, I'm really big not to answer my cell phone if I don't know the number. I'm like, oh, they'll leave me a they'll leave me a message and I'll call them back, <laughs> you know, uh, if it's important or whatever. And so um, I got a message, uh, not a message. I actually saw um, a number that I didn't recognize, and I was like. You know who is this, and you know I don't know if I got time for this. I was getting ready to, to go to lunch, and and then I, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to answer it today. It was just very out of, out of character for me because normally I will not do that. And so I answered the phone, and this this gentleman, he was from Minnesota. Um, he's a contractor, a construction contractor, and I said, you know, Doctor Go, and I was like, oh, just call me Chester. I'm like, please, you know. And, and and so we talked for a few minutes, and I realized he explained. He had read my book. So this is somebody I don't even know in another state who had read my book, who, who's not even in my field. You know, I thought, wow, you know, this is interesting. And the thing that, you know, he said was, you know, this, this whole thing, I needed, I needed to hear it because um, I have, you know, personal issues. I, get, I have, you know, issues with my temper and so forth when it comes to personal politics stemming from his family background. Which I thought was very interesting, you know. He, he said he was raised in a particular belief, and um, and so he, he's very staunchly in that belief. And so he's surrounded by people that he works with um, who are of opposing views. And um, you know, so he brings this up to me. And he said, "You know, I really just wanted to encourage you in your message and say thank you, you know, for for that, you know." And so the idea that someone else can read something that I've written and actually have an aha moment or feel, you know, uh, that they need to change something or work on something or, or improve, that just really gets me excited because I, I'm all about, you know, helping people um, see things from different perspectives, you know. And uh, so that, you know, that's just one example. I was like, wow, somebody from Minnesota, you know. But I've, I've received tons of emails from people, uh, you know, just asking me questions. And, you know, I, I have gotten some, some negative feedback as well. <laughs> So, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. always going to get that, whoever, whoever, whatever you write. Exactly, exactly. I guess if you're not getting negative feedback, then you're not writing something of value, I guess. You know, so. That is correct. <laughs> you know, your your book, Chester, is really going to, it's going to be, uh, continue to elevate and, and move up the scales, especially in an election year coming up and, and people in politics becoming more of the, the forefront and, and, a, and a national issue and people really really do are very protective of their beliefs around politics and can get very defensive very quickly and uh, sure. i think this book will be just a great a great way to understand a different perspective and not take it so seriously and just you know have a different perspective in mind you don't have to agree yeah. with everybody but it, it's okay to understand other people's viewpoints and i think your book really speaks to that very well, and I think it, it's it's going to continue just to, to keep on going strong. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You know, it's 
it's pretty simple. You know, the art and ability to share our own opinions and perspectives and our passions can't be fully appreciated until we've developed the ability to appreciate the opinions and perspectives and passions of others. And when that finally clicks, other people's passions, opinions, and perspectives have value, and we can actually use that to leverage our own leadership um, capabilities in the workplace. When you understand people better, you get better work done, you know, so. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. And again, for people who are, are interested in, in reading uh, Chester's book, it is Purple People Leader, and uh, right now it's it's on Amazon, doing very well, again, in the rankings, and, and it's a great book. Uh, doing very well over internationally too, uh, yeah, so we yeah. encourage everybody to check it out and, and to give it a give it a read. It, it, it will definitely can, can change uh, your perspective on things. Professor, you know we're getting close to the end here, and so I, I'm going to ask you the, the journey to success original question. Like okay. I ask everybody else, what is it that really drives you to be successful and do what you do and write books like the Purple People Leader? and want to help people in the way that you do? Well, Taylor, I, I'm i a people person, very much a people person. I love building relationships, so that is important to me. Um, but to be honest, I think the, the primary thing that drives me most is my faith, my family, and the desire, sounds hokey, but I mean it, uh, something I live by, the desire to leave the world a better place than, than how I found it. I don't ever want to leave a job or a project or a client or this world in general without leaving it a little better um, and having affected some change myself. You know, it's about helping people and leaving a legacy. That's one of the reasons that I like public policy so much. I think you, you, may, have, um, you may have noticed that I, I helped um, get a law passed here in Tennessee. I was one of the co-authors of the Dyslexia's Real Bill. Um, one of the things that got me so excited about that is because when you affect a change like that, um, it's concrete. It's there for a lifetime. You know, it's going to make a difference. Same thing with writing a book. That book is going to be there. Uh, and, and it's the same with people. You know, I want to help people, and I want to, I want to make an impact and leave, leave things a little better than I, than I found them before. So, Well, we appreciate and applaud your, your, your efforts and uh, courage to write, to write a book in the political arena and help people you know, become a little, a little less serious about it. Which which actually can act can activate uh, interest. Uh, so we thank you for that. Yeah, uh, again, I want to thank Dr. Chester Go for joining us today on Journey to Success Radio. Find out more about us at journeytosuccessradio.com. We'll see you soon for our next amazing success story. Bye for now. <laughs>